I'm going to open in prayer. Lord, help me. <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. Please deliver us from this clown show. We just thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name for your word, we just thank you that the entrance of your word brings lights. We thank you for the realm of lights. Help, amen. Okay. All right. We've been talking about governance um, in a very serious way. Um, 2024, 24 elders, 24 hours, heavenly governance. Very, very important. And we've been going quite deep on the subject. Um, someone pointed out to me uh, earlier uh, about the, the vision in the background. And for those who didn't, uh, weren't here on the Tuesday night, at the moment, what happens is that God is dealing with His church. And there's a threshing floor where God starts to refine us. And this is like, just having a very interesting conversation with my wife this morning. Uh, and, and just, uh, this is the most accelerated beginning of a year I've ever felt. And what's actually happening is that God's really dealing with me. And He's, you know, he, he's really dealing with my character. Because you guys know I'm a character. And, and I, I, went, I, I went this morning after a couple of coffees, I, I said to my wife, God's sanctifying me. Like, who would have thought? And we can't say, look, we're sanctified in Christ. What we can do is consecrate ourselves. We, 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 we put it all on the line. And this is the year to do that. Because what happens, it says judgment begins at the house of God. We're talking the crooked way straight. And so um, behind the scenes in regards to the prophetic and mapping and discovery, my mind is being blown. And so what the, 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 the Sunday mornings are to build a proper foundation and a platform for us to go in into the deep end of the realms of the Spirit to change the world. And I really mean that. I don't say that lightly. Um, this, is a, this is a house of prayer. Um, and so uh, uh, what I want to do is I want to start with, it, it, again, my desire for, for every believer is to absolutely love God's Word. And I, I, I've heard it said in the past, if you're too, uh, uh, too much spirit, not enough word. Uh, no, too much of the spirit, not enough word, you blow up. Too much of the word, not enough of the spirit, you dry up. The word and the spirit, you grow up. That's fine. But what happens is that when I live in the word, I start to see in the spirit. I actually do. You go, you go I want to be more prophetic. I want to see in the spirit. I, I want to expand my inner world to, to be able to receive uh, a weightier things to change my world. I want my jurisdiction to expand in an experiential way. Live in the Word. Live in the Word. Isn't it? It, 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 and, and so what we, we're going to do is we're going to go uh, 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 on a very, very uh, um, definite trajectory. But let's just start with Romans 10, uh, sorry, Romans 16. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel, isn't it interesting? Paul was so, it says, those are joined to the Lord of one spirit with him. Paul was so grafted into the kingdom, he actually called it his gospel. He called it his gospel. He wasn't preaching the gospel. He was preaching his gospel. He didn't make it up. Is the message and the messenger grafted together. According to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation, and there was no hubris in that statement, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience 
to the faith. It says here, and now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures. The scriptures are prophetic. And what happens is that, you know when someone, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I was bored. Generally when someone, now my kids have learned to say, my kids have learned not to say, Dad, I'm bored. I think the last time was a few years ago and I got them to paint the back of the house. It's on Instagram. So when they go, I'm bored. And then and what will happen? I start opening up and then I just see the, their back leave the room. But what happens is that, it, 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 is that there, there, there's no, if you're bored, you're probably boring. Because there is so much taking place, or a deaf mute spirit. There's so much taking place. God is speaking so loudly. But this is why we need, only the spirit of prophecy can interpret the scriptures for us. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This is why we need to read the word in the Holy Ghost. Because then you'll be bored if you don't. He interprets the word. And it's just that the more you look into it, the richer it gets. And there is, there is, you know, we've all heard boring preaching. But I tell you what, I first have to be excited about the Word of God and the prophetic Scriptures and the quickened Rima Word. I've got to be excited before I can export it. You have to see that I'm excited about it. And I tell you what right now, it's not just getting more information, it's cha- it changes your life. I want you to, you and the Holy Spirit to go on a journey and fall in love with the Scriptures because it's the only genuine pathway to change. It's so powerful that someone with, with extreme dyslexia or uh, uh, learning disabilities can even put on an audio Bible or watch the, look at the Bible project or, or, or and so on and so forth and it still change your life. That's how powerful the Word of God is. It transforms and so that we have to, that the more you look into it, the more you see. People, Jesus says, ask and you will receive, seek and you'll find, and knock and it will be open to you. For I tell you, everyone who asks receives and so on and so forth. Everyone. What I've learned, seeking God isn't necessarily yelling, pacing, volume. Seeking God is holding something in your inner world and looking at Him. That's seeking God. That's, it's really that simple. Because it's very hard for God to get through to you if you're screaming at Him and He wants to speak to you through a, a, a small, still voice. So it's just seeking Him. So the Scriptures just open up like crazy. Um, there's so many. Why am I starting off like this? Because right now, there is a lot of chaos in the world and we're going to address that appropriately in coming weeks. Chaos is more hectic than we understand. But right now, There is so much knowledge available to everyone. We are in an era of knowledge. You've got got a lot of people who are ruling through government, through media. uh, uh, They're trying to decrease knowledge. But in the realm of the Spirit, knowledge is exploding. And I tell you what, it's no one's fault that they're born ignorant, but it will be, they will be held accountable to die ignorant. And so... (coughs) available to us is incredible depth of knowledge. You know, just things like, I've just been listening to commentaries recently on, on, on the book of Genesis. 
and how supernatural it is and what God wants to establish. We were, we were saying last week that God said, created everything and He said, it is very good. He said, as good, as good, as good, is very good. He never said perfect because Adam and Eve were innocent and to grow into the Lord and eat from the tree of life, but they were meant to subdue and take dominion. There were things to subdue and take dominion. And out of the realm of Eden, we know it was a garden, but there's a chance it was a garden on a mountain. Because you start to see that how, uh, how God manifests. God always occupies Zion. Even in the tabernacle, they had, they, they had the palm trees, etc., to reproduce the garden. Even that God's always bringing us into that place of the garden. So if Adam and Eve were born into a situation that was very good before they made, before they, before they rebelled, it wasn't just a matter of, oh, let's have a go with this. Before they committed treason and rebelled as the, as the fountainhead of humanity, right? They still had things to subdue. They had to live in the Eden realm and fellowship with the Lord and then expand it outwards. Guess what? We're there again. We're there again. If you don't see that, you see that you're stuck down here, he's up there and who knows what's gonna happen and you become a fatalist. But right now we are in such an exciting time in history to be able to expand the kingdom of God in our life first and then through our life. Who's excited about that? So it's not a perfect world, hello, but we're meant to subdue and take dominion. So it's the prophetic scriptures that just starts to open up our understanding and how we have to look into it. Now this is, this is very interesting and you guys know, um, I found, this is what I found out in the last few years. I found out by default, most people do not like thinking. They don't. They like fitting in with other people. And so there's, a, there's, a, there's an even new meme being, being released. And it says, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a, things are not adding up and it seems pretty obvious theorist. <laughs> and what you have, because, because society is trying to dismantle people from seeking answers. And, and some people will get it wrong and they'll draw the long bow and they'll conflate data and it, you know, next thing you know, they're, you know, they're whiteboarding everything like Luminate. And so basically, but what happens, it's, the, it's a similar principle in the Word of God. You start to get data and then it starts to speak to you and it speaks to you in layers. But we need to know that the, the spirit of prophecy is the, is, is the Holy Ghost the testimony in Jesus is the only one that can interpret the Word. And you'll see things in the Word you've never seen before. So I wanna go back to a very, very, it's a, it's, it's a paradigm. I wanna go back to the passage of Scripture that we were on last week, because I want us to go deep, but we still have to firm up our foundations. If you go too deep, you'll be held accountable for the knowledge that you have and you haven't walked it out. So let's go to, Psalms uh, 82, I think it is. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. It says here, He judges amongst the Elohim, the gods. Now, now, this is big. He judges amongst the gods. So you're saying the angels or supernatural beings. Here is a congregation. Judge, judges amongst the gods. But in this context, it probably means something similar to magistrates or judges. And remember, it actually says that you're seated in heavenly places. And it actually says in Hebrews 12, it says that the, 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 the genuine ecclesia is registered in heaven. 
There's, there's a lot going on in the realm of the Spirit. So God is ju- judging amongst the gods or the Elohim or the judges. God's judging amongst the judges. Here we go. Next bit. How long will you judge unjustly? This is, this is humanity. This is God. This was Israel. And show partiality to the wicked. Pause and meditate. But you can do the next one. Verse three. <laughs> defend, defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. Pause and meditate. No, just keep going. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. Now, this is crazy because the foundations of the earth seem tied to the function, the function of God's people judging in the gate. That's huge. Remember, it's the prophetic Scriptures. You can't just go, oh, what does this mean? We need to ask the Holy Spirit. That's why I pray every service, Lord, please. I pray, Lord, that people would hear a voice within a voice. Otherwise, just information. So they walk about in darkness, all the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods. And Jesus quoted this to the Pharisees and scribes. I said, you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High. Yep. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Yep. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. So here we have, this is very interesting. We need to know how God speaks or heaven communicates because this is what it looks like. On one hand, God's saying, I'm judging amongst the judges and why are you judging unjustly? But then it says, arise God, judge the earth. It's not like, oh, I'm done with the judges. I'm gonna do it myself. That's not what it's saying. It's actually saying that, does God judge the earth or does He judge through His people? The answer is yes. I do not believe the great white throne judgment will involve any of the saints. I could be wrong, but I don't believe it will. Or the judgment seat of Christ. Is it a one-off event or is it a rolling event in the spirit of, in the realm of eternity? That's interesting because it's the prophetic scriptures. Okay, it's not just the teachy scriptures, it's the prophetic scriptures. So here we have, it says, why did it say at the end, you shall die like men? So surely this is not about men. We've got to start to see is that when you're communicating something in written form, you can only communicate one concept at a time. That's why you need more data, ba- uh, more, more data points to triangulate to catch the nuance. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. That's what He said in Matthew 28. Therefore you go. And then it talks about the rod, the, 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 the rod of iron, ruling the nations. But then it says, if we overcome, we'll rule the nations with a rod of iron. So it's putting across one concept at a time. So here we have, God is judging amongst the gods and He's judging amongst the judges. We need to know what that looks like because He's saying that to you. He's saying that to me. I mean, that's pretty hectic because we are not taught about this traditionally in the West, what it is to be a governor, a judge. Remember, if you properly look after the talents that God's given you, He'll put you in charge of 10 cities. That's governance. This is huge and this is a paradigm shift. So here it says, I, 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 I said you are gods, but you'll die like men. What I believe it's saying is, is that it, it talks about 
Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And there's this Christ in you, the hope of glory. Did you know, I wouldn't say that you're a hybrid, but you actually do have a physical body and you have a spirit which is, a, which, which is connected to heaven. And if you yield to the earthly nature, you will just die like a man or a woman. But if you yield to the divine nature that's in you, not only will there be a continual sense of uh, 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 ascension, but I'll tell you what right now, there, there's some, you know, history isn't what we think it is. There's been whole generations, people groups in Christ where God said, I'm gonna take you home in 12 years, three months, four days. And they knew when God was gonna take them home. And they would have a celebration, they say goodbye to everyone, they go home and then they give up their spirit. Who wants to go that way? So we've been taught, we've been taught a low bar. And, and, and the, fear, the fear factor is very real, but fear will keep you earthbound. You can talk ascension all you want, but fear tethers you to the time-space world, whereas leaning into all of this, it's, 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 you look at the Old Testament saints, that David's mighty men, Joshua commanding the universe to stand still, parting the Red Sea, Samson, etc. They tapped into that divine reality around them because, because this is what God says to you, it says who you are. So let's just, let's ground this out before we go in, okay? Second Peter 1. <clears throat> Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power, past tense, has given to us all things pertaining to life and godliness. How? How do we lay a hold of what already is? How do we lay a hold of what we already have? How do we lay a hold of who we already are? Through the knowledge of Him. The more you see Him, the more you see yourself. I'm all for self-help, but if it's got no power source, it's just a New Year's resolution. And so all things pertaining to life and godliness, and here's the pathway. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. Yep. By which we have been given, by which uh, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these precious promises you may be partakers of the divine nature. So, so your your mum and dad, your mum conceives. You're born into the world. You've got a spirit that's not quickened. Then what happens? One day you go to a youth camp. And say, so, so come forward to receive Jesus and you don't have any idea what you're doing. You say, all right. And then you, you, it's a, you could call it the sinner's prayer or confessing and believing Jesus, Lord and God has raised him from the dead. However, I remember when I went forward to receive Christ at um, Futures Church a long time ago, I had no idea what I was doing. Just the anointing hit me, I just went. But there was a point of conception. I got born from above. We see here that you've got this treasure in earthen vessels, but it actually says you partake of the divine nature. That's huge. And we've got to let that divine nature take over our inner world. We have to let that take over our inner world. This is massive. If you give over to the physical nature, you're going to be earthbound. You're going to be stuck in the time-space matrix. 
This is why I want you to fall in love with the Word of God because it will transform you. And it's not just, yeah, I'm just gonna read the Bible. It's a religious book, you know. It's one of the three uh, monotheistic desert religion. It's, it's not, it's not, it's alive. It's alive. So let's do First Peter chapter 1, 23. Having been born again or born from above, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God. Did you know, when we see the, 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 the I mean, it's, it has some very, very interesting topics to research, but David sees, I've seen the consumption of all, the consummation, sorry, the consummation of all perfection, the altogether lovely one, the, uh, 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 the d- desire of the nations, the, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the dwelling with the Lord, right? But in eternity, I believe there'll always be a record of Scripture. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think we're gonna sit down and read it like we do now, but the Word of God lives and abides forever. It lives and abides forever. So you've got a, a, a physical body with a use by date on it, whether it's a, a through your environment or through your, your gene pool, your DNA. But I know some people go, well, we'll live forever. I haven't seen that work yet. I know some churches, are, uh, uh, very different churches, like you, you, you know, you'll never see death, you'll, you'll live forever. Hey, I'm, a, I'm in for that, but can someone demonstrate it first? So what we have, our journey is to take this divine nature through seed form, put it in us and plant it in our soil until it takes over. And that's the dimension we're called to live from. But we actually, it is, you know, uh, 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 Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Jehovah Nike, just do it. Oh, I've got five translations on the shelf and wow, that is the newest leather bound edition I've ever seen. It doesn't look like it's ever been used. Having been born again, we're just gonna, we won't go down further, just gonna read this again and then we'll move on. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's the, the Word of God takes, takes hold of my heart. I've got life. I've got supernatural divine enablement. And that is where we do heavenly governance from in the realm of the Spirit through the divine nature. Yes, the faculties are involved. Yes, human will is involved in cooperation, in concert with the will of God. But I want you to just see how powerful the Word is and completely change your world. So how do we engage this? Now, did that photo come through? Okay, give me a second. In the West, we have a handicap. And that's this, the way we engage knowledge we receive knowledge and if you like something, because it's, it, it does say you'll know the truth and knowing the truth will set you free. If you receive knowledge, you go, oh my gosh, that was great teaching or preaching or oh wow. Then we receive a dopamine hit, some form of endorphin. Oh, that makes sense. And then what we do is we just get on with our life and we, feel, we believe we've received the Word and we've got it. We actually don't. Nothing happens until we do it. Nothing happens until we meditate on it. Nothing happens until we walk it out. And so you've got people, I think conferences are a great idea, but then you have conference culture where people are continually bombed with more information and knowledge and they end up getting trained years beyond their obedience. And just knowing stuff Here's the problem with just accruing knowledge and not walking it out, is you'll be held accountable for that knowledge. 
But we, want, we don't want to stay in ignorance because in Hosea, it says that my, God says His people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. I believe in the, in the spirit, field of dreams, we're, we're in a gate of knowledge. We really, really are. And, 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 and I, I, without being bombastic about it, and sometimes I get warning fatigue and all sorts of stuff, but without being bombastic, we have to speak about the spiritual elephant in the room, whether it's politics, geopolitical realities, historic cycles, the realm of the spirit. I, I, I do believe at the appropriate time, once we get built up, when I get a clearance, I believe we're, we're going to be talking this year a little bit about judging the demonic. But at the moment, we're sort of, <laughs> we're, still, we're, we're still learning to walk it out. So if we can, this picture does show me or tell me a lot about what a lot of believers are like. So if we can put this up here. It's taken some of you a while. When you know mad scripture, but ain't walking it out. Look at those pins. Some of you ladies are just looking at the muscles. Good, good for you. So you get, you get, I think it's great. It's just, it just, uh, uh, physical exercise has a level of benefit. You get these people and just, just, just biceps. Not much else. I'm surprised, that, I'm surprised they're not constantly breaking their legs. Look at the weight they have to carry. <coughs> they're not walking it out. And so you can take that off now. And so we actually have to walk this stuff out and actually grow in a proportioned way. This is very important. I remember, so quite often when God speaks to us through a dream, it can be revealing a current situation, but it can be a warning. And in the warning, God's warning you from heaven, but it doesn't make sense. I remember on a particular day, might have, it would have been 2020, uh, I was speaking to Marissa about something. She got this book that was very light reading talks about the combination of communism, Nazism and globalism. Very light reading. And then as I'm talking to her, I'm down at West Beach. My kids are doing these climbing up in the high ropesy type thing. And then we're chatting and then Christina contacts me and she just had a, a dream that turned into an encounter and it terrified her. This is 2020. And so a lot happened in this, but this is what she saw in the dream. She saw a man on a beach. Now, quite often in the realm of the Spirit, when you dream about a beach, it's between land and sea, which is on the, earth, on the verge of the Spirit. Watchmen on the wall can quite often be on a beach because they see things coming. And so she saw this soldier with its helmet knocked off, I think the gun, the gun on by the side, and sort of like had been attacked and was like shell-shocked. So the soldier was not prepared. And then the scene changed and she saw what she knew was like a POW. And the POW was an extremely skinny person with a giant head, okay? Human chupa chup. <laughs> the realm of the spirit. And this person had very tiny eyes. So they were obviously not an alien grey, okay? That counts that out. And... Uh, so it's very skinny, emaciated body with a giant head and tiny eyes. And we're like, what the heck? And the Lord started to speak to us. You know, again, experts in hindsight, 
The church got a flogging in 2020 and most of the church was not prepared. What people thought was a couple of, two weeks to flatten the curve turned into the world being turned inside out. The church wasn't ready. But here's the deal. The POW, their whole body looked like those legs. All this head knowledge and tiny eyes, no vision. Now, it it played out pretty accurately because I've been told, we've got Alejandro coming, uh, uh, I think in April. He's a crusade evangelist, really, really good guy, miracle worker. Um, He was telling me something like, 40% 40% of the church globally never returned back to the ecclesia after lockdowns were lifted. 40%. That's massive. That's historic. So we've got to make sure that we're loading up on knowledge and not walking it out. If we don't walk it out, we'll still be held accountable for what we know. And so what happens is that coming here will make a demand on you, not because we're trying to extrapolate this mass uh, a volunteer culture. Now that's important, but coming here will make a demand on you. You can't just listen to prophetic preaching and just go on your way. You'll be held accountable. Can someone say amen? This is real. This is honestly real. If you're not prepared to walk it out, at least allow God to deal with you. Because my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. And so in the, in the seasons that are coming up, we can see patterns we can see historic patterns, spiritual patterns, things manifesting on the earth. And you cannot be spiritually emaciated with head knowledge. You'll get a flogging. And so if we're talking about the divine nature, we have to lean into that and let it take over our inner world so we actually are filled with a spirit of might on the inner man. And it's walking it out, applying it. And it starts by living in the Word of God. Because I'll tell you what right now is that uh, 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 from where I come from and my, natu- my, my, my natural disposition, I'm a sign and a wonder. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be in a good marriage with good kids. I, I, they, did you hear that? All right. <laughs> that was at least worth three dishwasher cycles. Okay, so. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was not marriage material on any level but I lived in the Word. I, I, I couldn't run a church, hopeless, hopeless. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do anything. No, really, really, really. You know, it, 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 what, <laughs> I was a barren Peter Pan. It's a good way to put it. Couldn't handle any responsibility or pressure. But what happens is I live in the Word. I'll tell you what, Jesus starts turning up in your life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Friends, this is the season to put that on turbo. And I I, I really do celebrate people who have consistent devotions, but we're gonna have to go past that, I'm afraid. Because you won't be transformed through devotions. You'll keep a foot in the door. Now, I don't think someone has to read the Bible eight hours a day, but when you get that scripture in the morning or get something quickened to you, you need to meditate and chew on it most of the day when your mind isn't directly engaged in something else. That's why how Brother Lawrence practised the presence of God. You overcome in the mundane. David overcame overlooking the sheep in the pastures. And then what happens, the spirit of might will take, you, take over and then it's all over. This is, we serve an amazing God. We've got to walk this stuff out. 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to cut this short because you, I, think you, I think it's landing and you get the picture. But here's the deal. Let's do John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them. The word teireo. Always have them in front of your face. Don't think 10 commandments. Jesus didn't come to establish new commandments like the 10 commandments, another list of things. He didn't come to do that. He said, a new commandment I give you, as I've loved you, love one another. That's a new commandment. But also everything he was about, the, the, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. It is he who loves me. So if you say you love the Lord, you have his word in front of you. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. So it's not your earning his love. There's something about grace that we need to understand. I could serve the Lord all my life and bring glory to Him. But I want you to know this, nothing I can do can earn me merit. Grace is God's unmerited favour. It really is. You cannot make God love you any more than He already does, even on your bad days. But, but the problem is in the West, we've just, I had conversations this week, grace is amazing, but if you only understand it through the Western paradigm, grace becomes paralyzing. I remember we went through a whole season when everyone's like, grace, grace, grace. And to the point, anything not held in tension with other truths becomes error. And, and if I, as a, as, a, as a leader or a preacher, if I said anything directive, People in my church, you can't put that on me. You're putting law, you're putting religion on this. And this, is, this went through churches everywhere. And those people stayed barren. We need to see grace, not just as unmerited favour, but divine empowerment to walk things out. But you can't, even at the end of your life, even Reinhard Bonnke, crazy honour, it actually says, I only stewarded the gifts that you gave me. So this is why we, He is our reward. He is our, he's our portion. And then everything that we do, we will be laying at His feet. Isn't that amazing? So when you hang out with God, it is not quid pro quo, you're enlarging an inner dimension to receive more of Him. If you don't grow on the inside and let that divine nature take over, very hard to hear from God. But when you allow Him to take over, not only do you hear from God, He will govern through you. But you've got to walk it out and ascend the realm of chicken legs. So Jesus said, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and I'll manifest myself to him. If you live in the Word, expect visitation from Jesus. Seriously. Now, I sent my wife a vox this morning. I hear from God, but I also am trading out of a spirit of bozo. And I got visited by an angel the other night. I don't even, didn't even know it. When I was recovering from surgery, uh, um, a few years ago, you remember I had the facelift and that. Um, and so, <laughs> some of you guys are going, did you get your money back? Anyway, so. <laughs> anyway. The angel visited me. but knocked out power in half the house. It's, a, it's like a, a pillar of light and electricity. 
And the Lord spoke to us, said, I sent my angel, and then I had all these cool things happen uh, for the next few days. And I'm, because, well, it happened the other night. That's what the TV was. Remember, that was an angel. I've put it in the box. She goes, well, you were worshipping, darling. But instead of just going, instead of just going, all this electricity went on the other end of the house. It's never happened. And I've got a precedent there. (laughs) Instead of saying, speak, Lord, for your servant awaits. I just shuffled to the toilet and went back to bed. <laughs> and so I can actually go back into that because he's very patient with me and gracious. But you can expect Jesus to manifest to you consistently if you live in the Word. Who's excited? I, you'll never stop growing. You'll never stop growing. This is an exciting life. It really is. You and God are a majority but you can't govern unless you're living in that realm of the divine nature. And that's, you've got to see that, that, that it's through the prophetic scriptures. The divine incorruptible seed comes into your life and takes, overtakes you. What's the next part of this verse? Because the next part of this verse, you go, Jesus manifesting you is pretty good. What about the next one? The next verse, part of the verse. Judas, not a scariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? That's an interesting statement. Won't drill down on that. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will take Rayo or keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. God the Father and the Son, not only manifesting to you, but living with you. Come on. But we read it in that Western mindset. Oh, cool, yeah. I'll tell you what, if this doesn't make you a hungry, hungry hippo, if this doesn't float your boat, If this doesn't light your fire, your wood is wet. Because I tell you what right now, is that we have to steward the divine seed so the divine nature overtakes. God wants to make you something that you've never been. From faith to faith and glory to glory. Here's the last scripture I wanna reference and everyone comes under this category, everyone. It's in um, Matthew. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. There's no pause and meditate. You can keep going. Keep going. Is it stuck? Oh, sorry, I looked the wrong time. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people astonished his teaching, talked about hearing the Word of God and doing it is like the man who built his house on the rock. It's not if storms come, storms are part of living on earth. They're called trials, it's called pressure, it's called flipsis, it's called tribulation. It's inevitable. So make sure you're in a place you enjoy the pressure. Make sure you're in a place where you're enjoying the fire. If you enjoy the fire, if you rejoice, you go through and then on a default resting state, you become experientially closer to God. You hear His voice clearer. You feel His comfort, His peace. When someone's in in turmoil and chaos, ah, ah, and you go, peace brother, because they haven't built that inner, inner dimension where they can rest. And that's where you do it day by day. 
you actually learn to lean into that place. God is calling His church to wake up to governance on the earth. We have to take the mountains, we have to take, from Mount Zion, we have to take the mountains. From Mount Zion, we have to take the gates. We have to be delivered from an orphan poverty mentality and govern in the realm of the Spirit because this is God's original intent. Can someone say Amen? It's very, very, it's exciting. So I just felt for us to just go into this and just firm up our foundations. What we're gonna do now is we're gonna pray for a couple of people. There's a lot of changes happening in our church. So we can face the strange. And (laughs) it is a thing. Now what we're gonna do in a second, I wanna explain something. Something that God wants to establish worldwide, but He's definitely marked this church is the Tabernacle of David. The Tabernacle of David is a big deal. Now, if I give you a scripture, will you be able to, uh, do I have it here? No, I don't. I used to do. Can you try and find Isaiah 16, verse five? Isaiah 16, five. In mercy, the throne will be established and one will sit on it in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. When you establish a realm of praise, I would say that's one of the most important things when we gather together, then things are effectual. Remember when Dan Duval, the first time he came and he saw just us praising God in the gate of the city, rock the powers of darkness. And so this has to be a priority It's not just us singing Christian songs. It's actually us worshipping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Who remembers that song, Jesus, we enthrone you? Uh, uh, um, And as we worship, build a throne. Who remembers it? And as we worship, build a throne. There's something about God is uh, enthroned on the praises of His people. And so this is a really, really high priority. Now there's something we're stepping to scroll, but today uh, we are praying for and appointing uh, a worship director. So it's one of the hats my wife is passing on to someone. I know, I know, my wife just, I'm not saying darling you have seven heads and 10 horns, but what I am saying (laughs) is you do wear a lot of hats. (laughs) So what we're gonna do is that today we're gonna be anointing and praying for Maddie to be our new worship director. So, up here. Uh, so, um, what we're going to do is we're going to we're commissioning her. God's already anointed her, but it will go to another level, okay? I'll tell you what, there's, there's some good worship here. There really, really is. God's good. But, but if we don't do that, we are at a disadvantage. And this is why this is of the highest priority. Um, look, I know sometimes the Tabernacle of David on Thursday, Friday nights waxes and wanes a bit. Um, but I'll tell you what, we're not, it's, we're not shutting it down. We have to just keep doing that. But I'll tell you what, if you learn to worship the Lord that to a point it pleases Him, you'll change the world. So you're, you can say you're seeking God, but He is seeking worshippers. 
He's seeking worshippers. Why? Because then he can communicate to you anything you need to know. And that's why David changed the world because he was a worshipper first. So, all right, I want you to stretch forth your hands and we're gonna lay hands on many. Praise God. Holy Spirit, thank you. This was not our idea, it's your idea. This is scroll. We thank you for today. It's a day of divine appointment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Holy Ghost. We thank you today. We commission Maddie. We bless her. We commission her to be worship director of this house, to get prophetic songs, to write new music, to lead, to equip team, to shepherd, to pastor. And we thank You, Lord God, for the shepherd's rod You've put in her hand. We thank You also as well for a realm of wisdom. I thank You, Lord God, the first person You anointed, according to Scripture, was a creative. And I thank You the same anointing on Maddie will be that realm to create. I thank You for a spirit of skill. I thank You for a spirit of understanding. So Lord, right now also as well, I thank You that her and the team that she leads will consistently lead people into heavenly places and encounters. We thank You for visions, dreams, encounters. We thank You for people being translated above the earth in these encounters. I just thank You from the first note, even in practice, Lord God, I thank You right now. So today we we just thank You for the oil, the oil, the oil, the oil, the oil, the oil. Thank You, Holy Ghost. Thank You, Holy Ghost. Just keep praying for her. Father, we thank You that today it's like David when he was anointed to be king. Father, we thank You that she carries kingship into the worship space. And so, Father, we thank You, God, that as she steps into this whole another dimension, Father, we thank You that it won't just be this church that will be affected, but we thank You, God, for a global effect that will come from this house as there is a realm of kingship coming and literally being established through the worship gate of Field of Dreams. And so Father, we thank You for the destiny on Maddie. We thank You, God, for everything that she carries. And we thank You that as this is added to her portfolio, we thank You that as she stewards this with excellence, as she does with everything else, Father, we thank You that it will she'll come up into a new level of revelatory understanding of intimacy and that then will be birthed through, not just here, but through the body of Christ all over the world in the Name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for the scroll of worship over this house. And I just thank you, Lord, that you have handed that now to to Maddie. (laughs) And Lord, I release that. Lord, I release that into her hands. Lord, I, I believe that she carries the scroll. I believe that she carries the mandate and I believe that she carries the heart of worship. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're unveiling and unfurling even more of the scroll of this house as she attaches her heart to that, Lord. And as she said yes to that very precious scroll over this house. Lord, we just thank you for the realm of governance over worship. We thank you for that ability to steward the gate. We thank you, Lord God, right now. And I thank you for the incredible privilege and anointing that comes by being in the gate. 
We just thank you, Lord. It's not just this church, it's also in South Australia. So we thank you, Lord God, for angels ascending and descending. We thank you for portals, Jacob's ladder. We thank you right now for uh, giant atomic bombs going off at the, the gates of hell through the worship. We thank you, Lord God, that uh, we thank you that we praise you. We have high praises in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our, sand, in our hands. So Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you for the warfare element. I thank you for the spirit of promotion. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, so we come to the next part of our show. Uh, we're going to pray for someone else as well. Um, we're appointing a new elder today. So, so one of the things, so with elderships, so you don't get paid to be an elder. You just, you, you, you serve in the church in the gifting and the capacity, and then you just have to elder unto the Lord. <laughs> you never knock off because you get crazy stuff. I really do appreciate people having their crises on my day off. It's awesome. But one of the things is this, is that God is moving here and this is, this is a, I, I cannot remember the beginning of the year like this ever. Not even 2020. It's in the spirit, the movement is insane. What I'm excited about is I believe as a church or as a leadership team, definitely, but as a church, the trajectory of our growth is far outstripping any development of darkness. I'm convinced, I'm convinced of that. And with that, we actually need pillars because God's doing something, He's building something. So we've just been praying about this for a while and we would not do this lightly, but we actually do want it. We need to expand our eldership base and we have to hear from God. This is not, people don't sort of, this is not sort of like you're, you, you go from being a worker and then you, you're being appointed to manager. And then maybe, this is not like that at all. This is a specific calling that is on, it can be on just an individual, can be on a couple, but today, uh, what we feel the Lord telling us is that we're going to be uh, uh, praying for, commissioning and anointing Christina to be a new elder in our church. She's our new exorcist elder. And so it, it's very important that... that we do have intercessors, but it says pray for your leaders. And, and, and uh, um, we just feel like Nick, Nick is, a, is, he, Nick is a, a mighty man. He's one of David's mighty men. He, he's got a spirit of might on him. He's a warrior, he's a soldier. Uh, we feel that we're going to, we're, we're appointing Christina at this stage. We just feel that scroll, that's not, that's, that's not, doesn't reflect anything. It's just, we're just trying to obey God. Does that make sense? And so, because uh, 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 we, all, we, we all have to fulfill our scrolls, this is what it looks like. But Christine has been a pillar in the house for quite some time. Uh, you'll notice that, that, that she uh, quite often is the resident bouncer on a Tuesday night. Um, and so, but, but, but this goes way beyond that. Because what happens when we pray for her, we believe she's gonna get mantled. Um, she already is, to be honest, but these, the public acknowledgement and commissioning before people uh, and, and, and after this, I you know, lift her up in prayer because... <laughs> so we have these chats on our phone, the, the uh, uh, audio files, like walkie-talkie. And then we've put her on the eldership chat. Because you, you've got to be across, 
nearly all the departments. You can't just do your department. So what happens is that we put her on the chat and we are processing. We're talking like there can be up to 50 communications a day and just on top of everything else we do and talking about this dynamic and what's happening here and what's happening there. So we put Christina on the chat and it's like, it's like it was like she's taken from a side street and put on the main road. The traffic was that much more significant. And we're talking about all these things and different things and we weren't bringing her up to speed on all the background situations. And so we're communicating like dozens and dozens and dozens. And you can see that she's, she's reading them, hearing them, but not knowing the background. Then she thought she, her first contribution ever on an eldership chat was, my cat says meow. <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. So with that being said, do you wanna come out here, Christina? <laughs> All right. Holy Ghost, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Stretch forth your hands. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal, big deal. Holy Ghost, thank you for Christina and Nick and their whole family. I thank you. I thank you for a whole bunch of bigger angels. I thank you, Holy Ghost. We thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for putting her even deeper in the gate than what she already is. I thank you right now for a spirit of might. But Lord, we also thank you, Lord God, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I thank you, Lord, this year is about Wisdom, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. I thank you for her to carry that around her, the fear of the Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that when she walks into a room, I just thank you that darkness will flee. It will reveal itself. I thank you for the fear of God uh, mantling them as a couple and especially Christina uh, uh, functioning as an elder. We thank you, the fear of God. I thank you, Lord God, over their kids. I thank you, a wall of protection, protection. We thank you, a wall of fire. We thank you in the Name and the blood of Jesus. We thank you right now, Lord God. I thank you for new armour. I thank you, Holy Ghost. I thank you, Holy Ghost. We bless Christina's spirits. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for that warrior spirit. We thank you for that spirit of Deborah, that spirit of Deborah that slays the enemy. We thank You, Holy Ghost, for this appointment. This is Your will, God. This is Your doing. We thank You. This is scroll. And right now we commission her, anoint her and bless her. And we bless her whole family as well. Bless every part of there where we speak divine order. Divine order. We loose divine order financially. We loose divine order relationally. We loose divine order in health. We loose divine order in the prophetic and deliverance. We loose divine order in every area. And we thank Thank you. We thank you for shalom. We thank you for peace. We thank you for peace. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And I thank you, Lord, for the gavel landing on her behalf and in her hand. I thank you for the gavel landing on her behalf and in her hand. I thank you, Lord, for righteous judgments. Oh. I thank you for righteous judgments landing on her behalf. I thank you for a spirit of government. <sighs> Huh. 
So Father, we just thank you for this new day. And I just saw this, uh, the sunrise was quickened to me. And, you know, there is something about the new sun rising. And your commissioning into this space is going to help a new era of the sun's rising. And so, Father, we thank you for the new era of the sun's rising. We thank you, God, for the equipping mantle that Christina carries in a five-fold office to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, a maturing gift to bring people through in order that they would be able to occupy the original design and the space which are predestined for them to occupy. And so, Father, we thank you in advance for everything. Wow, you're going to do through this couple, through this family. And we honour, well, just as Todd and Rachel, we've, we honour the fact that this was a predestined reality. It wasn't man's appointment, but it's God's appointment. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge that heaven has appointed this family into this governmental seat of eldership, specifically Christina in Jesus' name. We thank you for the spirit of government. We thank you, Lord, not just as a prophetic judge, but we thank you for a spirit of government. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for her seat in the realm of the spirit. I thank you right now. We speak rest in that place of being seated with Christ. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the spirit of government, yes, and the gavel. We thank you, Holy Ghost for spiritual judgments, especially over principalities, powers. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you we do this from a heavenly place. We're not on the earth praying up. We're seated in seats of government administrating down. So Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you for that sense of that mantle, that increase in Jesus' mighty name. Who's excited? Come on, this is a good day. Yeah, so yeah. A lot of things happening, and so, but it's important. And that's, uh, uh, I just, I'm excited about worship. I'm excited about governance. And uh, as guys, as, as, as you make sure that you get, you, you use your legs and don't let the muscles atrophy, like the picture, is that God is calling us as a church to govern. And, uh, I hope there's many churches around the world currently doing this, but if we're a forerunner, we're a forerunner. But God wants His people to break the orphan poverty spirit and govern. He's put you in charge of the earth in Christ. Is that amazing? Because a lot of people think sort of church has just got a big bullseye on its chest. No, 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 no. We are called to govern and judge. And I don't have to go in and justify all of that statement. Just if you don't understand what I've said, just go back and watch the first message of the year and everyone leading up to today. So anyway, uh, can we just finish up offering up a shout of praise for our new appointments today? Can we do that? God bless you guys. Don't forget the service this afternoon. Uh, we have Tuesday night and next Sunday we have Javier and Yanina. It's going to be amazing. <laughs>